did a questionnaire this morning. Um, give everybody a short little piece of paper. And on the left hand side I asked, having given the descriptions of the four faith slices, where would you put yourself? In which category? Evangelical, born again, self-identified Christian, and uh, outsiders. And then I asked this question. Yes or no, have you at some point in your life asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? 49 of you, 66 people, turned in sheets. 49 of you classified yourselves as evangelicals. 10 of you classified yourselves as born again, which means you have made a confession of sin and a profession of Jesus Christ as Savior, but that's as far as it goes. You may or may not believe that God is perfect, God is all-powerful, you may or may not believe that Satan is a real entity, spiritual being. You may or may not believe that we have a responsibility to share Christ with people we come in contact with. Seven identified yourselves as self-identified Christians. Meaning Mama told me one day that we're Catholic or we're Presbyterian or we're Baptist or whatever, but, you know, haven't been to church in a while and probably don't really take it too seriously. That's pretty honest. Thank you. Nobody identified themselves as outsiders. As to the question of have you trusted Christ as Savior, 64 people said yes two people said no to those two people who said no I have no idea who you are thank you for being honest now we need to pray not only just for those two pray that God will speak this week turn the light on for them and help them to see their need of a savior in Jesus Christ but we need to pray for these evangelicals that they'll actually get out and do what they believe they're supposed to be doing, living truth before their friends. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. That wasn't me singing. I can't sing that well. Hey, let's pray real quick before we begin. Word of God, speak tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the criticisms that the people that you are going to have, I hope, an effect on one of the criticisms that they have of you and me as Christians 
is that we are hypocritical. And nobody wants to think of themselves as being hypocritical. That's a kind of a nasty word. Call me anything you want, but don't call me hypocritical. But if the Barna Group research that I read is true, we are hypocritical. Maybe not you individually, but as Christians, we are. Mosaics are the target, that's you guys, are the target of countless ads and uh, promotions and messages and advertisements and lectures and and you see right through word games. And you see right through inconsistent lifestyles. The word hypocrite is a Greek word that means mask wearer, literally. And in the Greek tragedies, in the Greek theater, the person behind the mask was really someone else. Does that describe you? I learned that to an extent it describes me. I hate to admit that. Some of the things that outsiders said. Christians preach love, but they don't show it. They don't show it. Remember that statement I said I was going to repeat several times they don't want to hear about your Jesus they want to see him in your life they don't care about what you say they care about what you do Christians say they hate sin but love the sinners then they go out and hate both and this morning we talked about gays, lesbians, homosexuals we really pick on that group, don't we? But it's true. The homosexuals' inappropriate desire for someone of the same sex is no different than, than a Christian's inappropriate sexual desire for someone of the opposite sex. It's sin. God hates it. Yes, God loves the sinner. And yes, God loves homosexuals. He doesn't like what they do. And if you read Romans chapter 1, the second half of the chapter, he makes it real clear how he feels about it. Don't do it now, by the way, please. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> but... But we don't have a right. This church that, 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 that goes to these funerals and hangs these big signs up, Westboro Baptist Church, God hates fags. Thank God for dead soldiers. The word fag or faggot is in your vocabulary. Get it out. Or don't say you're going to live truth. Because you're not. I'm going to read a, a quote from this book. It says, 
is in virtually every study we conducted, thousands of interviews every year, born-again Christians fail to display much attitudinal or behavioral evidence of transformed lives. Based on a study released in 2007, the lifestyle activities of born-again Christians were statistically equivalent to those of non-born-again Christians. Asked to identify their activities over the past 30 days, born-again believers were just as likely to have gambled, just as likely to have visited a pornographic website, just as likely to have taken something that didn't belong to them, just as likely to have consulted a medium or a psychic, just as likely to have fought or abused someone physically, just as likely to have consumed enough alcohol to be legally drunk, just as likely to have used illegal non-prescription uh, drugs, just as likely to have lied or gossiped. In one study examined Americans' engagements in three things, viewing online pornography, viewing sexually explicit magazines and movies, and having an intimate sexual encounter with someone outside of marriage. Listen to these numbers. 30% of born-again Christians admitted to having participated in at least one of these activities in the last 30 days. 30% as opposed to 35% of other Americans. 30% versus 35%, what's the difference? Not much. If these, are, if these statistics are accurate, we are hypocritical. I said that this thing slapped me in the face. You probably realize that uh, Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23, that's the, the fruit of the Spirit. What ought to be, what ought to be seen in the person who says I have Jesus Christ in my life, therefore I have the Holy Spirit indwelling me. What ought to be true of them? Well, it ought to be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can I tell you something? The fruit of the Spirit is love, but sometimes I talk to the television. And I'm talking right at Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. And I'm not always saying nice things. Sometimes I'm mumbling, you liar. Sometimes I'm calling him a jerk. Not loving. Fruit of spirit is joy, but it seems like I don't always display that when the topic is politics. Fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. 
But my wife has had to remind me at times when I'm driving behind a person who's out for a Sunday afternoon drive and the speed limit is 45 and this person's going 20. And I'll never yell it out the window, but I'll, I'll say to them, buddy, if you can't drive it, park it. And she'll say, honey, should you be saying that? The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. I told you about my friend, Ernie. Ernie's, Ernie's messed up. Ernie doesn't know what he believes. He thinks he's going to heaven because he's a good boy. Even though he isn't. And uh, we go out to this diner. Eh, every couple weeks. And I just... I do it to spend time with him because I'm trying to, to share Christ with him. And I have. I've gone through the gospel from A to Z a dozen times at least. One time he, he said, would you mind if I invited a friend? Yeah, sure, why not? So his friend last comes and we're sitting there talking and, and I don't know how they got on the topic, but they got on the topic of some guy named Nostradamus. How many have heard of this guy? Yeah. Uh, evidently lived a long time ago and is famous for having made a whole lot of predictions. And I'm wondering personally if some of it isn't, uh, you know, folklore. And did he really make all of those predictions? And if he did, did they all really come true? I, I don't know. But, but they're, they're so hung up on Nostradamus and they're going over. Oh, and he predicted this, and it actually happened. And he predicted this, and it actually happened. He predicted this, and it actually happened. And I'm, I'm getting Master Jameis right up to my eyeballs. And I know that they're both in name Catholic. So I know that they have, they know a little bit about Jesus Christ. And I said to them, you guys are Catholic, but are you as impressed with Jesus Christ as you are with Nostradamus? And it's not what I said that was so wrong, but it was that ringing frustration in my voice that I knew the minute I said it, it was wrong. I said it wrong. I knew by the way they looked at me. Fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. This diner that we go to is 22 miles from my house. It's one mile from Ernie's house. So I drive 22 miles up there, and I drive 22 miles back. 44 miles. He drives an hour, uh, 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 a mile there, takes him three minutes, and a mile back. And a couple of times... I drove up there and I sat in the lobby for half an hour and he never showed. And I know what happened. He went home, he ate dinner, sat back in his lounge chair, didn't set an alarm, fell asleep, and I'm sitting there. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, something's wrong here. I want to drive 44 miles, buddy, show up. Then I realized 
we are called to be poured out. It was just as unfair. No, it was far more unfair that your dirty, filthy thoughts, that your rotten words, that my wrong, wrong, wrong actions put the sinless Jesus Christ on a cross. If anybody had a right to complain, he did. But he allowed himself to be poured out for you and poured out for me. And it was a kind of a silent, shut up, Dave. And so I'll keep going to that diner. But what bothers me is that I have it in me to act like this. Do you? Would you answer that to yourself? Honestly? Is there a need for a change? There's a need for a change up here. Is there a need for a change there? Let it hurt if it hurts. Listen. You are what you are, not what you say you are. And people are not going to evaluate you and me based on what we say. They are going to evaluate you and me on what they see. Another of the criticisms that outsiders have of Christianity is that we are judgmental. I want to read a, a verse in um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Question. I'm sorry, I didn't... Read the rest of the paragraph. Could I ask why? Because it doesn't make sense if you just read that take it out of context. All right. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what, what judge, judgment you judge... You'll be judged with the measure you use. It will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, the plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, then you'll see clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. Let me ask a question. Are you more concerned with being right than with being righteous? I know what I believe. I know what I believe. I believe the Bible and I know that it's true. And don't tell me it's not. And I can get pretty adamant about it. The problem is I'm not always righteous in the way I say what is right. 
Are you more concerned with being right than with righteous? Being righteous. One of the problems is that we take God's laws and we put them on somebody that doesn't even believe in God. Ernie doesn't believe. He doesn't really. Hey, Ernie at some point attended a church and he heard about God and he heard about Jesus. And so he says there is a God, but if he had to bet money on it, I'm not sure he would. And my goal was to see Ernie coming to church dressed properly singing the hymns the only problem is that's behavior modification it's not transformation I could get Ernie I could pay him money and he could come to church with me and he could dress up a little bit more than he usually does he could sing the hymns and it would really look good. And he would be just as lost as he is right now. Because behavior modification isn't what we're looking for. It's transformation. A life that's changed. Because you recognize that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And you've reached out to Jesus Christ to be that Savior. One of the ways that we're judgmental is that we do a lot of stereotyping. We stereotype by gender, by race, by age, by dress, by looks. We used to have a guy in our church, he died of cancer. He was on staff. He was Matt DiLorenzo. And Matt lived Jesus. It's just the only way to say it. He's having a conversation in the lobby of the church one time with this guy that's, you know, somewhere near his age. And this kid walks by. And I don't know what he had on, but it was probably a t-shirt and, you know, a pair of shorts or, who knows, maybe it was a bathing suit and flip-flops. And, and the guy said to Matt, oh, did you see the kid in, did you see those clothes in that, on that kid? Matt said, yeah, but did you see the kid in those clothes? See, Matt had it right. There's a difference. That behavior modification versus the potential for life transformation. Fifty-four percent of Americans have significantly changed their appearance by tattoos girls I won't even ask I lost that battle with my daughter a couple of years ago I was happy that she did she came to me and she said dad can we talk I said yeah what do you want to talk about I had no idea what you were going to talk about she said I'm thinking about getting a tattoo and if I talk to mom she'll go off the edge well, yeah, I can't talk with mom about that she said okay you're thinking of having a tattoo, getting a tattoo. What do you want? You want to get a tattoo? So I said, I want a, a, a tattoo in, of, a, of a butterfly in the small of my back, lower part of my back. I said, all right. Um, 
I would suggest that you don't do it, but, I mean, you are asking my opinion. And she said, why? I said, well, uh, someday you may marry. What's the guy going to think? What about when you're 85 years old? You understand that, that we're it, things that are going the way they're going, not too far down the line, we're going to have a generation where the oldies, the golden oldies is rap, and most older women will have tattoos. Oh my goodness. I said, honey, I, I would suggest not. And I said, I can't, I can't pull a Bible verse out where it says it's a, it's a sin to get a tattoo. But I wouldn't if I were you. She said, well, I appreciate your talking with me about it. And I said, why don't you do some, why don't you do this, why don't you take some time and do two things. Think about what I shared with you and pray about it. Well, I think she did think about it. I don't know whether she prayed about it or not, but oh, two months later, she bends over, she picked something up off the floor, and there was the butterfly. <laughs> and I lost. <laughs> 54% of Americans have significantly altered their appearance at some point via tattoos, piercings, or dyeing their hair a non-traditional color. I'm not going to make any comments other than to say that I, you know, I, I saw a kid walk down the side aisle of Jacksonville Chapel where I attend and he had lime green hair. Kid you not. And it wasn't fake. And I came to some conclusions about him. And I don't know whether they're right or not. They're stereotyped. And you do too, don't you? How about this one? Oh, you're a single parent. Hmm. Must have a personality flaw. Couldn't keep his or her marriage together. Must be a problem to live with. All stereotypes that I don't have any right making. But we do it, don't we? Is it hurting at all? I hope so. I hope it is. I don't know, maybe I'm in front of a bunch of saints. Uh, people that just don't have any problems at all. But, but if you're like me, we judge. One third of all young adults, according to their survey, have a tattoo. Okay. In Romans chapter 14, the first couple of verses, in fact, let me, uh, let me read that 
It's a discussion of um, offering meats to idols. Now, we don't have this problem now. We don't, we don't have, you know, idols that we offer meat to. And, and the question is, well, whether should we, should we just throw that meat away and waste it, or should we eat it? Uh, let me start at verse 1. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but do not dispute, uh, uh, but not to dispute. Let me start again. I can read. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who uh, is weak eats only vegetables. Let him who eats despise uh, uh, not let not him who eats despise those who eat. Those who eat, you know, vice versa. Okay, you understand what I'm saying. The problem was there were gods, a lot of Roman gods, a lot of Greek gods, and people bought meat and they took it and sacrificed it. They offered it to these idols. And they probably sat out in the sun for a while and collected flies. But forget about that. Now the Christian's question was, should I eat that meat? It's meat. It's nourishing, but it's been offered to idols. And the Apostle Paul says, don't make a big thing out of that. Freedom in Christ is something that you and I as believers have, but Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says don't use that freedom as an, an excuse to, uh, you know, to go off the deep end. You don't have a right to abuse it. The bottom line is that we are all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what's the answer? What's the answer to the problem of judgmentalism? It's grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 6.14 says, Sin will not have domination over you. You are not under the law. You are under grace. Grace. The central issue of Christianity. But you ignore that and we risk going down a slippery slope of being irrelevant. And do you understand that some people believe that we really are irrelevant because of our hang-ups? It seems as if non-Christians, the secular world, is better at doing grace than we are. Uh, a movie star. Addictions. Can you say Charlie Sheen? A model's indiscretions. Oh, beauty queen. Hmm, 15 years ago I had a few pictures taken. Skin flicks. 
Somebody getting in trouble with the law. Can you say L Lindsay Lohan? Under house arrest now. But a simple trip to rehab or a sincere apology and the world forgives them. Charlie Sheen is probably more popular now than he was before he went on his... whatever it was he was on. <laughs> Tiger blood. Or do we forgive that easily? Do we extend grace? That's an area where I got slapped in the face, folks. And I wish I, I knew what was going on in your minds. I can see your faces, but I don't know what's going on in your minds. I don't know what's going on in your hearts. I hope and I pray that you're letting it hurt if it should. That as a result of this, there'll be a different you when you get back into your neighborhood. C.S. Lewis made an interesting statement. There is someone that I love, even though I don't approve of what he does. There is someone that I accept, even though some of his thoughts and actions revolt me. There is someone I forgive, though he hurts the people I love the most. That person is me. There's honesty. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. What audience do you dance for? See, there's, there's the linchpin right there. We are judgmental, oftentimes, because... We want to hear ourselves preach what we ought to preach. And we're preaching to the choir. We're preaching. We're dancing for the church. Because it's very important that the people in our church and our youth pastors and our pastors see us saying the right things and doing the right things. And we're good at it. And we say the right things and we do the right things and we say it with passion. The only problem is there's a different audience that's watching. And they're not listening to what we're saying. They're watching what we're doing. And when we're judgmental, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Well, I need to finish up. If you are a professing Christian, if you are a professing Christian, and at least, um, I don't know, 64 of you said you are, people will see Jesus in your life. The only question is, will that Jesus be attractive or will he be ugly? And that's not a sacrilegious statement, folks. Because the Jesus that I have displayed has not always been beautiful. What does the Jesus look like that you're displaying? 
May I remind you that there's always a chance to change. My God is a God of a second chance. He'll give you a chance to get it right if you ask Him to. Porn stars or preachers, Democrats or Republicans, liars or truth-tellers, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, doesn't matter at all to God. We are all in need of this stunningly beautiful thing called grace. I want us to bow in prayer for a minute. And I want to ask you a question. God spoken to you? He spoke to me. And I didn't like everything he had to say. Because it hurt. It hurts to say that I'm not living Christ as beautifully as I ought to. I mean, well, you mean well. But I don't always get it right. Sometimes I'm hypocritical. Sometimes I stereotype. Sometimes I'm judgmental. If God is speaking to you about changes that need to be made, would you take just a, a couple of minutes and ask him a few questions right now? Like ask him, God, would you reveal to me changes that I need to, to make in my life? Would you show me where having meant so, so good, such good, I've really messed it up. Ask him to reveal that to you. Ask him this one. God, I, I don't have the compassion that I really need to have for people who don't know Jesus. Would you help me to see people? The kids on my block, the kids on my team, the kids in my school, would you help me to see them through the eyes of Jesus? And would you break my heart for their lost condition? Father in heaven, I ask that you would do whatever work you need to do in lives of kids 
the lives of counselors and the lives of adults. Would you break us if we need breaking? Would you melt our hearts if that's what's needed? Would you give us a second chance to get it right? Minister, I pray, in whatever way you need to, I ask these things in Jesus' name.